The following is brought to you with no commercial interruptions. Listen now. How you been? Uh, been okay. I, uh, uh, yeah, I, I feel fine after my second shot yesterday. Didn't really. Yeah, yeah, got mine on Thursday. How are you feeling? Fine. All right. Hell yeah. That uh, mic check, mic check thing reminds me of, uh, always reminds me of a story. My old band was on tour one time. And we were playing like some shitty backyard in Kansas City or something, I want to say. Uh-huh. And it there was like a house party, like barbecue thing going on next door to the punk rock show. And it was like this guy, these two guys, like this old, like dude, one dude was playing like this one, the same bass guitar line for like an hour. <laughs> like, doom, 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 doom. it was like, it was like an outcast, like the so fresh and so clean or something, I think. Mm-hmm. And another guy was on the microphone and he was just going, Mike, check, Mike, check, one, two, one, two, Mike, check, Mike, check, one, two. They went on <laughs> like that for at least, like, I'm not exaggerating, like half an hour mm-hmm. of just that. Just the, the so fresh, so clean bass line and the mic check guy, <laughs> they were they were locked in. And that always reminds me of that. It always, like, cracks me up when people, like, get on and do mic check like that. Yeah, you know, there's the uh, the old band thing of testing, testing, testicle, testicle, one, two, three, three testicles, what? <laughs> oh, but yeah, from then on, anytime we had a sound check, it was mic check, mic check, one, two, one, two, mic check, mic check, one, two, like we, we took that on as our own from then on. And then would you play that bass line? No, I'm not that, mm-hmm. I, I didn't even bother to learn it, no, oh. <laughs> work up something, something stupid. Welcome to Season 7, Episode 6 of the Better Band Podcast, an all-encompassing trip through every song in the Pearl Jam catalog. I am your host, Brandon Polova. Each episode, I go track by track with a guest through every album, soundtrack, single, and b-side to discover why you simply can't find a better band. Welcome back to the Better Band Podcast. This is Brandon today talking about the song Thumbing My Way with guest all-star John Farrar. Hello, John. All-star. Thanks for that. How are you, Brandon? Nice to be here. Oh, Thanks for having me back, uh, as always. Of course. Of course. Hey, I, 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 need, I need that content, baby. And <laughs> well, we keep hitting these good songs, man. I love I loved kind of doing these, these underappreciated, kind of underrated ones in the catalog. You know, you can save your hits off of Riot Act for other people. I'll take the, uh, take the lesser known ones. So you think this is a, a lesser known song then? I would think so. Hmm. I think it, it's not one. I don't think it, you know, they, they did the video. It was in the Chop Suey video, but I still don't think it ever like made a, made a dent in any sort of public, you know, frame of reference for Pearl Jam. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, this is a Ed composition. An Ed composition. Oh, damn it. Why did I say A when I meant Ann? It was first premiered at an Ed Solo show, February 22nd, 2002. Uh, it was the... Oh, man, I didn't... I, I thought I wrote it down. Recording Artist Coalition Benefit. Something and like uh, also at that show, is uh, uh, he and Beck did uh, Sleepless Nights, the Everly Brothers song, which shows up on the 2002 fan club single. Yep. Sleepless 
some uh, connection there and weren't there a lot of like a lot of songs from like ukulele songs premiered at that one was it that he was playing like goodbye and broken heart and satellite and stuff like that mm-hmm. he also did uh premiered can't keep that one too yeah i'm glad this one didn't end up in the in the vault and end up on a ukulele solo release nine years later i'm glad they <laughs> they chose to uh to break it out i think that was one that the rest of the band i think if you look in the the pj20 book the rest of the band speaks very highly of the song they were like yeah we were we were impressed by this one early on but i think 2002 was yeah him kind of finally venturing out and like i'm gonna try to do this a little more and yeah can't keep and thumbing my way made their way under this and some of the other mm-hmm. ones kind of went back in the vault for uh for a solo release but yeah this this might be the best one of those of that bunch yeah and then the uh the band finally busted it out at the december 6th showbox show that they have the dvd of yeah great show yeah it's also included like you said on the chop suey sessions he did a video for it uh that version i love those videos love those videos yeah this this one it's it's really really simple it's just them all sitting down and the dolly kind of like the camera backs out and then goes back in and i don't i don't really know yeah it probably doesn't mean anything but it is kind of i guess symbolic when you are kind of listening and paying attention to the lyrics and stuff just kind of like you know thumbing my way just hitchhiking just getting at like trying to i don't know find your place and you know maybe it's kind of like oh you know you're leaving and then either you end up home or you just end up where you're supposed to be maybe or you end up back where you started yeah, and the lights kind of change too. It kind of looks like the uh, either the sun is setting on them, or kind of like the lights like get like really bright and really yellow, kind of really evocative of sunshine, and it just kind of like I don't know, brighter days are ahead. Yeah, the the very ending of that is like it fades out on like on Ed looking very solemn and very like serious. Mm-hmm. Like the the song like there's some great great lyrics and great metaphors in the songs we'll get into, but yeah, you can tell this is one that when they you know it's not like uh not like some of the other ones they play during that thing where it's like kind of up tempo like I, f- I forget which one it is where the guy's like on the grill making food or something what they cut to at the very beginning or something uh-huh <laughs> i gotta check that out again see if i could find that yeah it's you gotta find you gotta find the full cut because it's like the very beginning it cuts to someone like off to the side like you just you just see their hands but they're on like a grill making burgers or something mm-hmm. it's uh it's pretty cool like i forget which one it is but yeah a lot of those are a little more you know the save you one is obviously a little more like effects there's like some star lights and some some green and blue i think going on but this one is like like you said just one shot mm-hmm. camera fades back camera goes forward done i really like it really cool yeah that version is also on the uh on the pj20 soundtrack yep. if you if you have it and you haven't realized it it's like oh it's that specific version which I think it seems yeah. a little bit slower than the album version, or it seems a little bit more deliberate, kind of. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, deliberate's a good way to put it, because it was, yeah, one of the first times they played it, obviously. So they're, you know, and especially with, with Boom, you know, they kind of have a tendency to kind of like... They don't really speed things up until after they've played them for a few years. So, mm-hmm. especially with this one, it, it's a lot. I can think of it too as like a brother-sister song to Off He Goes, kind of. So it kind of has that. It, it works better when it's at the right tempo, and I think that is the right tempo. Just a tad slower than the album version, I think, makes it hit a lot harder. Speaking of uh, sister songs, uh, the lyric, uh, uh, All the Rusted Signs We Ignore Throughout Our Life, a uh, similar lyric there in Man of the Hour, the Rusted Signs Left just for me line in that one that and you that lyric you just mentioned that that is one of my favorite ed lyrics like i think that's one of the the best little like you know couplets he's come up with I'm I'm mighty partial to uh, no matter how cold the winter, there's a springtime in it. Also very good. But the rusted signs when that's like when you when you first hear the song and that line comes over you like it just like knocks you down like whoa that's yeah, that's heavy. No matter how cold the winter there's a So you had you you had the choice of pretty much a- any Riot Act song, and you chose this one. You said it's kind of a uh, a little hidden gem yep. on the album. So 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 go off, King. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks. No, yeah, I, I the the first half of Riot Act I think is I won't say it's one of the best sides of, of music that they've done, but it's super underrated. Mm-hmm. And like people kind of forget about Crop Duster and Ghost and and Sa- Save You, especially. I love all that stuff. But I think this one too, right when it comes in, it comes in at the perfect place on the record. It reminds me, of, like I said, a lot of where off he goes, hits on No Code, and you're just kind of like, oh yeah, this is this is just what this album needed. This is just what I needed right now. And I think every time they play the song, it gets a really good reaction, and they they kind of play it at at places where it will, will get more of like a spotlight, you know, and they have, they have songs that they save for moments like that. Like they, this is on live at the garden. This is at Benaroya, mm-hmm. you know, and this is, it's one that I think they really, it's just a, a style that they don't do very often, but they do it very well. And I think this is maybe, if not my favorite song on Riot Act, mm-hmm. it's in my top two or three. They, this is kind of a, I don't know if I would consider this or soon forget the sort of beginning of the solo Ed song that they've kind of like introduced yeah. in like past, you know, for, for pretty much the rest of their catalog uh, at this point. Like there's um, uh, what is it like? I, Gone kind of yeah. has that feel to me, especially when when they release that demo of it, of just him kind of playing it alone. Um, A little bit. Just breathe future right. days and then comes and goes. Obviously the end yeah i think he he finally like like i think that 2002 those 2002 shows were kind of huge for his confidence because that was the first time that they were like he was like all right i'm gonna do this like he had resisted doing it for a long time i think finally he had some songs and went out and did it and it got a good reaction i think that really 
kind of boosted his confidence. And yeah, a lot of the songs, like it's, it's crazy. A lot of the songs, you know, stayed hidden. Like mm-hmm. even the, the end of the wild stuff, like none of those songs really appeared on that. Cause that was all written, you know, for the movie specifically, but yeah, ukulele songs for it not to come out until nine years, knowing that he had those songs for almost a decade, just in his back pocket is crazy. Yeah. I don't, I, it does seem kind of, I don't know. Maybe it's just because he has so many songs that he contributes to the albums. It's, it, it seems like the kind of solo stuff is kind of like, oh, yeah, this isn't really big enough to fit on, you know, a Pearl Jam album. It is really sort of, you know, solo balladeer sort of uh, uh, style and stuff like that. So I, I think that there's a little bit less of an impact with the solo stuff than the uh, the songs that he has on the uh, on the Pearl Jam albums. Yeah, but I'm, I mean, I'm glad they decided to do this one full band because mm-hmm. like Cameron's really good on it. There's some really good like bass stuff. Like Jeff's out on the stand up sounds really good. And of course, like this is Booms, you know, kind of welcome into the the band. So yeah. especially seeing in those Chop Suey videos, you're like, that was kind of the first time it's like, who's that dude back there? Like what's <laughs> happening? But yeah, it sounds really good. I mean, they they really like, there's some really like kind of, I mean, you, it almost sounds cliche to use the term like, oh, it's lush and rich and textured, but it, it is all of that stuff. Like it's, it's a really well, well done, like band performance. Mm-hmm. And it's not really, Mike and Stone aren't really going crazy or doing anything. They're just kind of like following Ed. Yeah, they don't need to. I mean, the, the songwriting's so good, mm-hmm. they don't have to. Yeah, and that kind of goes like what you were saying yeah. with uh, in the PJ20 book, how it's kind of like it came together I don't know about it. If it came together real quickly or they recorded it real sort of spur of the moment, they're just kind of playing it and learning it and then just kind of like, okay, well, yeah. I guess it sounds good. And we recorded yeah. that take. So, you know. Yeah, I don't, I, I didn't like memorize the, or write down the quote or anything, but I think it's like, yeah, it started playing and we all just kind of like kind of jumped in because we were all very impressed. Like, oh, we can, let's just kind of like understate this a little bit and just kind of boost the lyrics and boost his, and just kind of let the song shine on its own. And it's, yeah, it's very well done. Um, I know at the was it the February fourteenth, uh, two thousand three show in Sydney, Ed said that this song's about hitchhiking your way through a broken heart. The song's about uh, hitchhiking your way th- uh, through a broken heart. We are, now is there is there enough songs for a hitchhiking trilogy? Because we've got this, and we've got Hitchhiker. Is is there another one that we can we can add to have an, yet another Pearl Jam trilogy of songs? Does Leatherman count? Possibly. Possibly, if you if you stretch a little bit, it could be sort of like another along the along the road of the uh, of the road songs, kind of like having to get out of a situation and stuff, and and yeah. you know, kind of it's it's a lot of you have to remove yourself from a situation sometimes to see where you really are. You know, you gotta, you gotta zoom out of the map to see, you know, where you're really at, because, you know, when you're right down and you're in it, you, you'll lose your way and you can't tell, you know, North from East or West or something like that, especially when you're in the the dark times. Oh, Hey now, unless you, uh, you know, you know, star stuff then, you know, Which I guess, uh, if you've been in Boy Scouts, the uh, like that's hopefully one of the things you can remember. Oh, I didn't last very long. I didn't last very long in the Boy Scouts. I think I made it to like second class, and then I was done. Yeah, like we don't have cookies. Screw this. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> All I remember from that is playing a lot of Foursquare. But yeah, I mean, do you think? Do you think Ed was a hitchhiker back in the day? Can you see him doing that? Uh, probably. I think so. I think maybe drew on a little bit of real life experience for this one. Yeah, probably. Um. I don't know if that'd be more of a Chicago or more of a yeah. Southern California sort of Seems thing. Seems like more of a Southern California yeah. thing. Um, I actually, I got to hear this song as a tag 
one time. That was cool. Yeah. What was uh, what was that? I remember that. In uh, in Jacksonville, 2013. So I was on the rail on Stoneside, and there was a a girl to the right of me, kind of over by the where the big wall of speakers is, that had a hand a homemade like thumbing my way sign. Mm-hmm. And he kind of like I don't know if he acknowledged it on the microphone. I don't think so. But he kind of looked at her and was like, kind of shrugged, like, "Yeah, we don't know that one right now, but like if you come back and like uh, come back to one of the later shows, we'll we'll play it or something," you know. And he, you know, you know, obviously feel bad, you know, that they, so when they get to black, like almost near, I think it's Encore 2 maybe, mm-hmm. in the, instead of We Belong Together, he starts singing Thumbing My Way, which is, uh, it was really cool to hear. That I think that's probably the only time they've ever tagged the song on anything. Oh, the rest is fine. Oh, the rest is fine. But it was kind of a special thing because he like felt bad that they couldn't play it for this request. So he's like, oh, I'll, I'll just sing some of it on the end of the song. And it was it was really, really cool. Yeah, because uh, you guys covered that on your show, right? Uh, yeah, we did. That's right. Yeah, yeah. that's I, I think that's why I remember hearing yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> so you got to listen to live on four legs. and You get all this juicy, uh, all, all, all the juicy uh, Pearl Jam insights and, oh, and stuff. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Yeah, please do. Yeah, I mean, sometimes, like, I think sometimes we surprise ourselves, like, coming up with this stuff. Like, you listen to, you know, hundreds of these, and you kind of, like, you start to pick up on some things. So, yeah, I think so occasionally we're kind of like, oh, yeah, this kind of is a thread that ran through that and that. And, like, we kind of, that's been one of the really cool parts of it is being able to connect those dots and kind of tie this whole thing together. It's going to be really cool. I would say, like, in 10 or 12 years, whatever, when we've, when we've done all, you know, 800 or 1,000, however many bootlegs we have, like, it'll be interesting to go back and, like, listen to it chronologically and like you'll be able to kind of like follow the career like show by show Mm -hmm. that that's that's the goal at some point yeah and i I think the 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 big thing for me was the uh the never vote republican line in even flow it's like oh my that is what he's saying oh my gosh he does it all the time Mm -hmm. i think i think it's on the uh the re-recorded version yeah they they probably did that like 92 yeah so that was right around the election time Yeah, so then that would have been, they probably would have been doing it live a couple of times, and I'm just kind of like, yeah, Yeah. let me, I'll just throw it in. Oh, I haven't listened to that in forever. (laughs) There's not many times that I'm like, let me go listen to a studio version of Evenflow. Like, that almost never happens. Mm -hmm. Have you ever seen them play the song? Um, damn it, I think so. I think, I think on that tour. You've been to a bunch of shows, you've been to like almost 20, right? Uh, yeah, 15, I think. Yeah, okay. But uh, this on on the uh, on the Riot Act tour, I saw him uh, six times, uh, right? No, five wow. times, five okay. times. So I'm pretty sure I saw it on that tour. Get this, I've been to nine shows, right? Mm-hmm. And I've only seen them play four complete Riot Act songs. Oh wow! Save you once, Ghost once, I am mine once, and Half Full once, and then the tag of Thumbing My Way, and that's it. No, I said, oh damn, I saw it three times on that tour. Wow. 
Cool. Yeah, I did not make it to any of those 2003 shows. Is it, is, is the, uh, I let go of the rope kind of a, uh, an iffy sort of a line there. You think like a, like uh, kind of a, a suicide thing? Uh, yeah, kind of that kind of lynching. Yeah, Maybe that's just because of the, the way the world is right now. Oh uh, yeah. 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 I don't. I don't think so. I, I don't think that that's, you know, what was intended or anything like that, but just kind of yeah. the yeah. the tenor of it right now at this point in time, you know, because, you know, everything changes, you know, you listen to stuff, it hits you different at different points in your life and stuff like that. And kind of just seeing the world mm-hmm. and kind of the way things are at different points kind of puts a different uh, colored lens. Yeah, like the, the very next line is, you know, thinking that's what held me back. I think it's like it's more of... Like maybe there's a rope tied around your foot or something and you're kind of dragging all this baggage with you maybe. Mm-hmm. And you just, he just kind of like takes a minute and like looks down and just steps out of it and goes like, okay, I'm going to be, it's more of, I think it's more of a thing where like, I'm going to be free now. Well, I meant the, the, the line specifically after they end in time, I've realized it's now wrapped around my neck. I go thinking that's what Okay. Yeah. 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 I think it's, yeah, it's, it's, I'm sure if, you know, if he, if he had the chance to go back and maybe, you know, edit that a little bit, he might've, but I think it's more just, yeah, it's more just that stuff that you, you try to let go, but you can't, like, it's always gonna, it's always gonna stay with you. You're never going to be able to be completely free of all your baggage and stuff like that. Yeah. Or kind of the, the things that you only thought were, you know, a little bit of, um, had a little bit of an impact on you, you know, end up yeah. being a huge trauma for you yeah. that kind of drags you down. And people too, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, he was 2002, he was going, you know, there's that one, the, what's this, the date song? Like, was it four, 420? Yeah, 420.02, where it's about Lane. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like they had started losing a lot of people again, which is again another kind of tragic thread through this band. So yeah, I have to have to think it's it's kind of tied into that too, where it's about, you know, losing people and, you know, along the way and the the people kind of stay with you. You the, no matter how much you might wanna, you know, move on, they're always gonna be mm-hmm. there, you know. Whether it's friends or relationships or what. Yeah, because the one one interesting thing I notice about this song, and it's it's something that Pearl Jam doesn't really do that often, is the song starts with the chorus. Yeah, yeah, and then it's the verse after that. Yeah, it's interesting. It's yeah, it's, it's well written, and I think it's it that's kind of like yeah, it hits you with the kind of the hook right away. You know, the the thumbing my way. It it really like sets up that that metaphor mm-hmm. nicely and yeah i think it's it really adds to the song i think it's it's well done they like i said they don't do that often when but when you do that like as a songwriting kind of trope you do it like with a purpose to kind of like hit the like set the theme and set the mood immediately do you think that this song has a the song fits the album kind of narrative or I don't know. Like, like I've, like I've been saying through these, uh, through these, uh, episodes and stuff as, as you well know, I don't know about that, but, uh, <laughs> that, I, that, I'm, I'm, I'm not only, I'm not only a guest, I'm also a listener. Uh, that this album has the sort of like the, the first, you know, first a little bit more than half is real sort of, you know, just songs, just kind of regular, you know, kind of Pearl Jam songs. And then from green disease on, 
is the political sort yeah. of uh, section yeah. of the album. And so it's it kind of has a different feel, I think, in those songs than the other ones. Well, it's also like it's also the it's also the nine eleven album, right? Yeah. Obviously, I am mine is a big like that song was written right after we you know we talked about that when we talked about Last Soldier, how those those songs were kind of both written right after that, and it's a, the, I think Ride Act is mostly like it's it's about loss, mm-hmm. yeah, and like it's however you interpret that, you know, it, it could be political, it could be personal, it could be you know it could be tragic, it could be anything like, but that this record i think there's some really like looking back on it it's a lot deeper than i think we thought at the time yeah i think that's that i think that's what it was is the uh is the, is the first part is a lot more personal yeah and then the other songs are are more political because like you said like yeah, yeah lost like uh, uh save you oh, you yeah. know could also you Absolutely. know be like that and you are like yeah mm-hmm. let's see so do you do you think that the um that the heaven that that's being thumbed back <laughs> is a uh, uh is sort of a um i don't know maybe feeling like a lost soul trying to trying to get your way back maybe like the uh the eloping angels and the an angel there maybe or if you it's mean, uh, like not the not the religious you know christian version of heaven but just like sort of a an idyllic kind of like destination that you were trying to get to yeah because I, I, I don't know if it's if it's if you're if you're your way back to heaven it implies that you've been you there you kind right, of think exactly, that you had to have been exactly. there yeah so it, it could maybe be like um just nostalgia the the glorification of the past yep. and like childhood you, you're trying yeah exactly you're trying to get back to this time that you thought was perfect when like you thought you had everything and now it's all falling apart or it's gone and you're just trying to put together you know p- pick up the pieces and you know get back there somehow you know and the only way is just put your thumb out and and hope you know yeah like the you know the early albums the early days when it was you know fun and rock and roll and you're kind of on top of the world and now you have ross killed and kind of you're at the end of your record contract and the the future isn't really ahead of you at that point it it could be behind you Yeah, yeah it's kind of like you know it's riot acts a very mature record in all the ways that you know 10 and verses are not mm-hmm. it's it's definitely a the sound of a band like in their 30s not a band in their 20s like they were they were growing up and you know they wouldn't have made this record you know even three four or five years before this or you know three four five years after this this is kind of this is kind of the last of the i don't know how do you call it like the last of the difficult records you know, after this, they would they would be gone for four years, and then you come back with Avocado, which is a very kind of easy to digest record. A very kind of just kind of wears itself on its sleeve. Mm-hmm. There's it's not as as deep or as kind of dark as Riot Act is, and they were kind of like they embraced their influences a lot more on that record and on the ones after that too. You know that that kind of is the the modern era of Pearl Jam. So mm-hmm. Riot Act is a is a very interesting time, and like and people hated it when it came out. I remember listening to this and being like well this is their worst album so far you know like it just because i just you know wasn't ready for it you know when this album came out i was 24 so yeah i wasn't wasn't ready for this but now like at at 42 it it hits a lot different for me and i still 
I, like I said before, I, I still get stuff out of this record that I, when I listen to it now that I, you know, I, I don't go back to, like I said, I, I hardly ever listen to go back and listen to a studio version of anything off of 10 or anything off of Versus. Cause mm-hmm. like I've gotten everything I need out of those records. They, they don't really have anything new to offer me at age in, in my forties. Whereas, you know, stuff like this and, you know, especially, you know, no code yield binaural and riot act, I think are more mature records. And definitely like, I, I go back to those a lot more. Yeah, and it's also like the time when they stopped putting out an album like every other year too. Yeah, definitely. Is there anything else? Did you want to? Did you want to talk about a little bit about the the Rusted Signs line? Was there anything else about that? Or uh, it, I mean, it, it's it's the it's the Indiana Jones thing, right? Oh. It's the, the thing, right? You know, you everybody wants to choose the shiny one, but it's the old it's the old rusted one that's going to be the 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 one that's going to be the most rewarding. Now that's the cup of a carpenter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the um, I just think the the optimism for me in the line of uh, no matter how cold the winter, there's a springtime ahead is yeah. something that really hit me listening to that. Yeah, and especially knowing like we you know we've talked about all the tragic things that they've gone through on this episode. Like for him to sit down and write that is like very telling about where he was at at this time like yeah like i need to find some hope in this song and yeah it's it's very very well done the the lyrics to this are very very good some of his best but then in the uh the second time he says that i says uh, i smile but who am i kidding that's right so i don't know if that's like a sort of uh it's like uh it's just gonna be crap again or maybe it's the uh because it's a cycle and he knows it's you know the wind the winter's gonna come back around but you know then it's going to go away again. Yeah. Or you, you just have to, you know, you just have to do it. You have to weather it. You have to weather the weather. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you. it's like, yeah, you can't, you can't cheat your way to the end. You got to go through the journey. You got to go through the whole thing. You got to experience everything. You know, there's, there's, you can't, you can't cheat and, and get to the end and not, not having lived through all of it. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's the journey's part of the, part of the process. I think this, the song really, I think hits on that theme very well. Yeah. Cause I'm just walking the miles uh, every once in a while I get a ride. So it's kind of, yep. you get, you can't give up. You have to take the journey. You, yeah. You, you can't, you can't cheat your way to heaven. You can't take the, the Boeing 747 there. It's not going to mean as much as if you, you hitchhiked and, and walked most of the way. Yeah. Unless you, you know, you, uh, you recant on your deathbed or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that works, right? That's <laughs> if you say so. That's, that's, that's what everybody's supposed to do. Right. So then I, I think we're at the end here, right? We've, we've, we've completed our journey. Hey, I like Through that. This. I like Hell that. yeah. See, yeah. I'm a pro, dude. <laughs> you got it, man. Nailed it. Once again, as a trained professional. Uh, so then let's let's wrap things up. You were talking about how the sort of albums, you know, you you get some more stuff from the later ones than you do from the earlier ones. And and so we we've had you on a lot, but I, I don't think we've ever had your album rankings. And and it, I think it, people have had to listen, I think, to a specific uh live on four legs episode, I think, yep. to get yep. your rankings. It might have even been like a Patreon exclusive thing that we did. I don't think we've ever done it on the main on the main feed if you will yeah and mine of that was even that was even last year or two years ago yeah mine have definitely changed since then so uh let's let let's bust them out let's hear your uh your pro jam album readings. okay okay so look we're not counting we're not counting lost dogs right because that's that's right that's yeah we're not counting. But i albums. do have i do have a caveat are we counting the 10 redux or the 10 original that can be however you wish 
to if you feel like you need to give them two separate rankings or if you're just okay. going off of the best version in your mind of it. Hmm. Cuz do you do you prefer okay. the Redux or the uh or the original more than to them? Oh, I, I prefer the I prefer the Redux by far. Oh, yes, okay. By far. On the <laughs> Yeah. Okay, so, so we got to go we got to go as the as the numbers get smaller, the hits get bigger. So we got to we got to start from the bottom. Oh, do you want to do you want to yeah, start, start from, from the bottom. bottom? Okay. So I have I have ranked mine on a scale of 1 to 10. I know you do a 1 to 5, but I do mine on a scale of 1 to 10. In last place is Backspacer. I give I give that a three out of ten. Okay. So then for for your, for your top ones, are those are there going to be multiple tens, or is there only one ten, and that's the and that's going to be the top one? No spoilers. You'll have to wait. And find okay. Out. Okay. Um, coming in next is uh, the Lightning Bolt album. I uh, I give that a six. Mm. It's not terrible. It's just it just kind of is what it is. There's some hits and some misses. It's you know it's not bad for a tenth album, but it's not going to reach those heights that they had reached earlier. Uh, next is Avocado. Mm-hmm. I have that as a six point five. Again, uh, some some good stuff on there, but again, I some of it I think hits not hits. It's some some of it doesn't hit. I think like it should. I think that should have been an angrier album. Why in Under God's Green Earth was of the Earth not on that record? Mm-hmm. Can someone explain that to me? And like a lot of the, you know, if you've heard the demos and stuff, like there's a song two by four that's like an instrumental one that they had talked mm-hmm. about. I think even in the Rolling Stone article about it, that's kind of a more of like an intense kind of angrier song. I think it's missing a lot of bite. And there's some stuff on there that I think is, like I said, they were like unemployable. It's just kind of a Springsteen ripoff. Like there's not a lot. I think they they lost a little something there. Um, next up is Gigaton. I have that as a seven and I, I rank it that high because it, it surprised me Mm -hmm. with how they were able to come back this late in their career with something that's, that's a little, you know, trying to push themselves a little bit and, you know, trying to, trying to break new ground, especially, you know, dance of the clairvoyance. It might not be my favorite song, but I give them, I give them credit for, for doing something like that. You know, not many bands would, would venture to do that on, on a late album. And especially it kind of broke the mold of, of lightning bolt and backspacer as being kind of these formulaic kind of records. So I, yeah. I give them credit for that. Uh, next is binaural. I have that at a 7.5, uh, excellent, excellent songs on binaural, but I think it, it suffers from a, a weird track listing, a weird flow of it. And I think some of it, you know, some of now that we know some of the songs that, that were in the running for that album, your fatals and your sads and educations and stuff like that. I think it, there's a way to redo that album more in this, in the, in the sense of yield and make it more of a cohesive. I just, I just think it's, it's a little disjointed. So it's, it's not in the, not in the upper echelon. If it was the original track listing, would it rank differently? I think so. I, w- I would maybe bump it up another point or so, and it might okay. it might break the top five. Uh, the next up is is ten, and I have ten at number six, and I give it an eight, and that's the original mix of ten, like the original album version, because I I never go back to it, but you can't argue with stuff like Black and Release and Porch and some mm-hmm. of the classic stuff that's on there. Even though you know I don't love Deep, I don't love Garden, I don't ever need to hear the studio versions of Even Flow and Alive ever again. Um, the redux of 10, I will, I do give a nine. Oh. I do like that one a lot more. I think it adds a lot more, a lot more of Stone's guitar. The, the guitar interplays a lot different, especially on stuff like Porch. And I think the, it makes Ed sound like he does on the other records, which is, you know, a marked improvement. Mm-hmm. 
So uh, that puts Riot Act. I have Riot Act at number five. Uh, I have it as as an eight point five. Oh, uh, this this is one that I yeah I used to have more in the the seven eight nine range. But again, like save you, love boat captain, thumbing my way, I am mine, you are, you know, green disease, get right, all or none, like just some really really great underappreciated songwriting on this record, and like it. And like, you know, the theme of, of Lost and you know, everything they were going through, you know, it's, it's September 11th, it's Ross killed, it's, you know, losing lane and all that stuff. Like all that stuff is on this record. It's really deep. And I, like I said, it's, it, I really get a lot out of it every time I go back and listen to it still. So it's, it's shot up in my, in my rankings lately. And I absolutely love it. It's, it's one that I maybe have listened to the most in the last six months or a year. Then you get to like obviously the the top four are going to be the the ones that everybody knows. You know, I have verses at number four with a nine point five. Uh, really, the only thing the only thing that I don't like about that is is the glorified G dissident back to back there. I think you know, yeah, I can I can take or leave those. It, it, I don't ever go back to that. But you know, you people know verses. You can't argue with that. So much, so many great, so many great songs. Um, my top three. Uh, you kind of like hinted at it before. Uh, my top three are all 10.0s and yield is number three. And I didn't have yield as a 10.0 until recently when I, I had to do a, like a late night drive across kind of not all the way across the state, but like I had to do like a 45 minute drive and I put on yield and it's like, it's like midnight Mm -hmm. and I just let it play. And it really, really impressed me as a whole in a way that I, I hadn't experienced it in a long time. And I feel like it's everything that that binaural isn't like it's sequenced very well. The themes run very well. It's very cohesive. So that that's jumped up. It used to be like, it used to be number in my, like around five or six, but it's jumped up to number three. My number two is Vitology. Again, 10.0, you know, we can argue about this. There's not a damn thing wrong with it. Just uh, just a perfect, you know, work of art, a conceptual piece of, of music that is just really impressive for them. You know, the, where, for where they were at at the time. And no codes, number one for me. It's always going to be number one. It's it's ten point oh plus one. You know, it's <laughs> it, that's the one that I absolutely love. So yeah, that's mine. No code, Vitalogy, Yield versus Riot Act Ten, Binaural, Gigaton, Avocado, Lightning Bolt, Backspacer. Hell yeah! You heard it here, folks. And if you're if you disagree with me, then you're wrong. <laughs> Well, I don't know how anybody could say, oh, no, you're wrong. Your list should be this. I mean, it's 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 your list. Yeah. Everybody has I mean, their I, own. But, you know, there, there, there are people that love Backspacer. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just that the the way that I, you know, the, that's the kind of music that, you know, a lot of the, you know, Pearl Jam is probably the most mainstream kind of music that I, that I still listen to. So the ones that kind of sound a little bit more like not indie rock, but like the ones that are a little weirder. Like those are the ones that appeal to me. Like people love Backspacer because for what it is, like it's a pop rock album. And if you if you love that stuff, then you're going to have that one ranked high. I just I just don't. That's just me. Yeah, I was. Uh, I'm looking at my list as you're as you're going through that, and I, and like the I, th- I think you had Binaural, Pearl Jam, Lightning Bolt, Backspacer all in a row like that, right? Yeah, Backspacer, Lightning Bolt, Avocado are my bottom three. Yeah. Yeah, because that's that, that's like pretty much like almost the exact same for me. Like those like all those three are in that exact same yeah. order. Well, thanks for coming back, John. Oh, uh, my pleasure, of course. And uh, you have live on four legs that everybody should check out, right? Please do. Yeah, you can find it anywhere uh, you found this podcast or anywhere you find any podcasts.
And, and for the low, low introductory price of $1 a month on their Patreon, you can get a whole bunch of bonuses. Oh, thanks for that. Yeah, you you were kind enough to join our Patreon, and it's, we, we try to do a lot of a lot of bonus content on there for, for the people. You know, we've been doing some, like, 1991 shows, some of those 7-8 song set lists. Uh, we've been doing the Bridge School shows, uh, the Evolution episodes, the set list drafts, all that stuff. So, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, and, and hearing the um, also the spotlight. Wait, no, what is it? What is it? The uh, the the talking to where you talk to people. The profiles. We're getting yeah. the, the profiles. Yeah, yeah, yeah and that, and that, and that, and that's real good too. It's just kind of oh, just cool. talking Thanks. and talking about Pearl Jam and just you know, if you can't get enough, you can you know, for a dollar you can get close to getting enough. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we we try to make it we try to make it worth your while. Yeah, and 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 you totally did, and you and you totally made this episode worthwhile as well. Oh, thanks, Brandon. Oh, hell yeah, no problem. Love having you on, and we'll definitely have you back. I think later this season, or maybe we put that episode before. I don't know. We'll see how it turns out. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, thank you. Better Brand Podcast is produced by ListenUpReno.com and Brandon Palomo and published using a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 4.0 license. Please visit creativecommons.org or email ListenUpReno at gmail.com for more details. All music played is owned by the respective publishers and copyright holders and is reproduced for review purposes only under fair use. You can subscribe to the Better Band Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or from betterbandpod.com using your favorite podcast app. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Better Band Pod. I'm on Twitter at Brandon P, B-R-A-N-D-E-N-P. If you like the job I'm doing here, you can go to ko-fi.com slash Brandon P and leave me a $3 tip. Or give me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and don't forget to tell your friends. If you would like to be a guest on a future episode, send an email to betterbandpod@gmail.com or send any insights and stories you'd like to share, and I'll read them on the season finale episode. Again, I'd like to thank my guest, John, and as always, this is Brandon saying, just remember, one of our patients is a cannibal. Try to guess which one. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. <laughs>